on this episode of Why Watch That. Tell them large, Marge. <laughs> With the face. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, in the Alamo, you know, the basement of the Alamo. The basement of the Alamo that he runs out. <laughs> he asks where's the basement? Oh my in the basement. <laughs> Frank Langella in Masters of the Universe when he was Skeletor. And when I... Like, you've got to take it there. <sighs> Terrible movie. But I love it. I love Masters <laughs> of the Universe. I'll watch it right now. It's terrible, but I love it. Gwildor and all of them. <gasps> Early on, like the first half, I literally, it happened more than once in an episode. You okay? How are you? Every time they meet, hey, how are you? You okay? Oh my gosh. Driving me crazy. I mean, I was like, I'm going to why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch, watch that. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. <laughs> What's that? Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. $5. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water <laughs> and eat raw potatoes. But... <laughs> I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, everyone, look, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So, Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. A Why Watch That First Look. Hey, Critic, what's up? Oh, we're here and we're still in old Why Watch That form. How dare you, producer? (laughs) I'm blaming the entire production team. No, 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 no. (laughs) We're just giving you guys some last minute vintage vibes, as they say. You know, it's summertime. We want you to feel the wave. Feel the one watch that. What are we doing in this episode? I am not even listening to any more of this. Listen, guys, (laughs) we are going to give you a double dose of why watch that magic. Um, We have uh, movies and TV shows that we're going to explore so you don't have to just pick one. And we're going to start with our. You might want to pick one. (laughs) (laughs) Critics are always shaking it up, always shaking it up. We're going to start with our collection of first looks, and we're going to kick that off with uh, Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride is brought to us by HBO Max, and it is a 2022 American romantic comedy. Um, Here we go with the Wikipedia (laughs) reading. (laughs) (laughs) Giving the people the information. Oh, it's a 2022? 2022, yes. (laughs) 
I don't want you to think it was another year because um, it is based off of a novel from 1949. You know, so I want to be clear. Yeah, and it was made before. You know, have you have you seen like the Steve Martin one? Oh yeah, I've seen, I've seen this version. I've seen Father. I was like, this sounds familiar, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's why it sounds familiar. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you like so, that movie? I, I want to say it didn't bother me. Like I want to say I have fond mm-hmm. memories of it. Yeah, and yeah. it was made before. That was a. Uh, remake so this is the second oh, remake okay mm-hmm. right. got it so we have um who's in this we have uh andy garcia gloria stefan um isabel marquette diago Merced. Oh, Merced, um mm-hmm. diago bonita uh and chloe Feynman, um and adria adria Arjona. Arjona. Mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, gloria stefan reminds me of um i mean not reminds me she is a singer um, but there was a workout. <laughs> there was, there was a yeah, she's just a singer, work- just Gloria Stefan, that, just her. There was a song that I used to work out to, and it's like it's playing in my head right now. So uh, anyway, okay. I appreciate the, the the flashback in my head. So what is the <laughs> movie about? Who <laughs> should be watching it? Uh, so well, I mean, if you've seen Father <laughs> of the Bride before, you kind of know. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens is this time the father is a Cuban immigrant to the states. He came to the U.S., worked his way up. You know the story. Met his wife. Dad's played by Andy. Mom's played by Gloria. Mm-hmm. But where are they now? Have they made it? Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Now, okay. They have two daughters, um, one of whom, Sophia, played by Adria, is out, is a lawyer, has been in New York. You know, she comes home. And what news does she have for the family? Now, her sister, Cora, played by Isabella, You know, she's young. It's, you know, time for her to figure out whether she's going to college or not. She wants to be this fashion designer. Dad's like, you do have money for college, but you don't have that money for something other than college. Thank you very much. What does mom think about all of this? Now, you know what happens when Sophia comes home. You know what the news is. It's father of the bride. I mean, that is in the title. Who is the fiance of Sophia? What's he up to? They met each other as lawyers. How is it going to work? Where do they plan to live? What do they plan to do? How are they going to make money? That's where dad is going. I don't think so. And dad's name is Billy. Mom's name is Ingrid. They are the Herreras. It was a lot of rolling of the R's in that movie. I loved it. I was like, ooh, (laughs) Herrera. Okay, all right. So you know what's going to happen. You know, dad is very traditional. I'm paying for the wedding. Sit down. You're going to do how I want it to be done. You know, bride and groom to be are kind of like, we want it low key. We want to do our own thing. Maybe have it on the beach. He's like, no, we see how mom and dad married, what their situation was. You can understand why he wants a great, huge wedding for his daughter. Mom is kind of like, calm down. No, 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 no. Now, another thing is what is going on between mom and dad as well. I'm not going to tell you. They're trying to update the story. Mm. Okay. Mm. Is the agenda screaming? <laughs> <laughs> so do they get married and so on? And what about his family? The groom-to-be. Who are they? He's from Mexico. You know, they're going to go back there and they're not going to do anything that makes a lot of money. So, you know, dad is kind of like, well, I mean, who are these people? Who are these people? Mm. And how is all of this going to work in the end? Because whatever dad does, it's never right. 
Now, all right, like I was saying, they want to update this story. Okay, update it. I don't care. But the question is, is that going to make for a better story? Is it going to be better entertainment? What's going on here? What's the answer? I would say mostly no. Mm. No. Now, there are some exceptions. There's a scene, they have this whole wedding planner. She has her assistant. You know, they're white. You know, what do I say Latinx? Do I say Latino? You know, what? like that whole thing that she know what she's talking about. Like that scene worked and then you get a twist on the end of the scene to button it. You're like, oh, who is she really? Like they, I was like, that's more of what you should be doing if you want to update it because it gives us a reason for the update. A reason, mm-hmm. not just the agenda. Now, another thing, uh, when the in-laws finally meet, what you expect from this kind of movie, what you would hope, that's the kind of thing where it's just breezy entertainment, right? They meet the in-laws. Who are these people? How do they relate? Everything starts twisting. So when they use the update to twist the story, that's when I think it's successful, but there's not enough of it. Uh, Because the thing is, this cast, when they are given something to do, which is rare, they do it. They get it done. You know, Gloria Stefan, yes, famed singer internationally. She does her job when it's time to do it. Andy Garcia, we know, is going to do the job. Adria is working all of the time. She's going to do the job, you know, and so on and so forth. Diego Bonetta, who plays the groom-to-be, they get the job done. Everybody gets the job done when there is a job to do. So what I would say overall is, first of all, we always have to honor the characters. I think that Billy, the dad, played by Andy, not everything he was saying was wrong. So it was kind of annoying. Like some, like not every single thing he was saying was wrong. Some of it made sense. And see, this is the other thing. He is an old fashioned dad. Okay. So you have to honor that. Like would an old fashioned dad let his wife drive him around? Producer, what's your answer? No. Never, ever in life, ever. (laughs) No. (laughs) I was like, how is this happening? Like little things like that. It's little. I know they were like, it doesn't matter. It does. It does. That doesn't make any sense. You would have to explain that. And even then I wouldn't make, he could be injured almost on the way to death. And he is not going to let his wife drive him. I'm nope. just, it's just not going to happen. Like, that made no sense. So is he this old-fashioned? Like, if he is, then let's go all the way and let's actually show some respect. And then you have everybody else, you know, hitting up against that. That's fine. But again, he wasn't always incorrect, but everything he said and did was wrong. And I was just like, okay, well, I mean, if that's how y'all want to do it. But that driving thing, I don't think so. So... Not entirely bad here, I would say, for fans of this genre. Um, It's on HBO Max, fine. My opinion is, if this sounds fine to you, you know, just curl up one day, get a glass of wine. I mean, you know, have at it. I I just think um, also, I mean, the runtime of almost two hours was ridiculous. That just made no sense whatsoever. I mean, why why are we here? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But that's father- of the bride. All right. I didn't hate it. All right. So next on the list is Jerry and Marge go large. Um, this stars Brian, which Trans- reminds me of like you know, Big Marge from uh, from exactly. 
Way to go. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> P.B. Herman's Great Adventure. Yes. Tell him large Marge. Said <laughs> With the face. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, in the Alamo, you know, the basement of the Alamo. The basement of the Alamo, and then he runs out. <laughs> he asks people, where's the basement? Oh, my goodness. the basement. <laughs> oh, good old Pee Wee Herman's. Um, all right. <laughs> well, this is not a Pee Wee Herman production. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's brought to us no. by Paramount Plus. Um, this is uh, an American comedy drama directed by... David um, Frankel and written yeah, by... Yeah, who directed uh-huh. um, Devil Wears Prada, by the way. Oh, one of... Mm-hmm. I actually really like that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like, yeah, it stars Brian Cranston and, and Annette Bening. Um, and it and it premiered at, um, yeah, just at those Rebecca. Two, yeah. You know. um, yeah. <laughs> those up and covers. <laughs> <laughs> the newbies to the scene. <laughs> also, your boy Rain Wilson is in it. You know... Larry Wilmore is in it. Now, Rain Wilson from The Office, Dwight Schrute. Okay. Yeah, that old Dwight. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the producer's like, my boy. Yes, yes. Rain Wilson. And so on. Jake McDormand, who was in the TV version of Limitless that they never should have canceled. Oh, I know. It's so sad. Yes. So that's him, that Jake McDormand. Okay. The lead yeah. in the TV show. As you guys see, I know nobody by their real name. You have to tell me the character. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. Now, if they're in Bird Notice. <laughs> The producer will know their biography, where they were born, you know. All the episodes they appeared in. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So, Jerry and Marge go large. Now, they say something like, this is the beginning producer of the movie, inspired by a true story in all probability. Something like that. I didn't, whatever, I'm not quoting it. Mm -hmm. So, keep that in mind. Uh And we're in a small Michigan town. It's seen better days. You know, things are boarded up. People have left. But not Jerry and Marge. The Selby's, they're married. Jerry has just retired. We see like his last day at work. This man wasn't taken seriously throughout his whole career. Why? Why not? Now, Marge just wants him to be happy. His kids, their families, they all want Jerry to enjoy retirement. They buy him a fishing boat. Does he like the fishing boat, (laughs) right? That is a reason he was given the fishing boat. Did they miss the cues? But the point is, he's a whiz at numbers. That's what he studied. That's what he's great at. How does that come into play? Well, one day he realizes that the state windfall lottery on specific days, these are the roll down days, which, sorry to tell you, as I explain this and you go, wait a minute, it, they got rid of them. So the roll down days, he dis- he discovered that on these days when he did the math, If you invest enough money, you're guaranteed a return. Okay. Now, a roll down is when, okay, you have to match all six numbers, producer. No one does. They go to the people who match five of the six and then to four, then to three until they run out of money to give, until they hit the jackpot, you Mm -hmm. know? So it could be a lot of people winning money. Mm -hmm. And if you like hit two numbers, you might get like free tickets, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Who came up with this idea? Well, there's a reason why they do this. Because you might say to yourself, well, even hearing it, that sounds like it could be a problem for the people running the lottery. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of potential winning. Yes. There's a reason. Now, Jerry discovers this. He does the math, you know, like on a napkin. Mm -hmm. Goes to his friend who is his accountant, played by Larry Wilmore. Now, 
the accountant is a part-time accountant. What he does full-time is an online travel agency because, you know, being an accountant doesn't, he doesn't have enough clients. Mm. Now, I don't know what his clients are for the online travel agency. That's kind of like a running joke. Of course, it's Larry Wilmore playing him. So you got that Larry Wilmore who co-created uh, Insecure and uh, was involved in Blackish early on and so on. Had a show on like Comedy Central, I believe, that Larry Wilmore. Uh, by the way, Brian Cranston, of course, and Annette Benning play the Selbys. So he explains this to Steve, the part-time accountant. And Steve, like all of us, is going, uh, it's the lottery. There's no way that this is going to work. Like, really. Now, if Steve is an accountant. You would think he could do the math and understand that. But, you know. So, is Jerry out of his mind? That's the question. Like, mm -hmm. has he done math wrong? Has he lost it? Are we all wrong or is he wrong? And what's going to come of all of that? Also, will anybody else understand what he may have discovered? This does snowball, of course, or why would they make a movie? But how is the question. Now, keep in mind that Jerry and Marge, they have two adult children, um, one of whom is played by Jake, of course, Ben, and the other is played by Anna Camp, Don. And you might be asking, well, where does Rain Wilson come in? Because he's got to play some crazy person. Well, he owns like a, a little store, you know, a, a gas station kind of store. Mm -hmm. Where do you get lottery tickets? Mm -hmm. Okay. You'll see what that means. <laughs> now, for me, I like things like this where there's a mathematical explanation for making money. I just like that. No, not you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like, let's get the calculator out. Let's, <laughs> let's figure this out. What's the present value? What's the future value? No, what's the interest rate per year? Like, let's get down to it. So this is the kind of story that would be tailor-made for somebody like me, right? But all of that potential geeky goodness, it's encased in a generic and stereotypically Hollywood version of a small town story. Mm. It's like right out of the, the classic playbook, reminiscent of something like uh, Tom Hanks's Larry Crown. You ever see that producer, Larry Crown? It was Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts and Tom directed it. Google yes. and Batha Raw was in it. Yes, I did. I saw that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. good. Sorry. Not a good movie. So it's like good cast, potentially fruitful story, but it's inexplicably uh, watered down in execution. Mm -hmm. Now, the lottery moments when they got to that explaining it, how it works, the whole scheme they come up with, that's when it had some life. Like, that's when I was kind of interested. And I think that along with the cast will be enough for many people to enjoy it a little a little, but you have to give it probably about 30 minutes to figure out what its stride is. Got it. But it's on Paramount Plus. I mean, you can't argue too much. Mm -hmm. There's a reason it didn't open in theaters. All right. Next up on the list, we have... Bring that windfall back, though, y'all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just one <Thanks>. time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Um, <laughs> Spiderhead, brought to us by good old Netflix. An American science fiction thriller um, starring Chris Hemsworth, Miles Teller, um, Journey Smollett, uh, well, other people too, but credit, what it's about, who's watching us. Yeah, and it's uh, directed by Joseph Kosinski. Oh, yes. Um, who did some, you know, stuff that had big budgets. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> Good old like Joseph. Tron Legacy. And, you know. Okay. So, all right. Here we go with this. So, there's a prison and research center. How is it both? And you start thinking of that going, they're researching on prisoners? Hmm. Why? What are you up to? You know, it's authorized access only, producer, like out in the water somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm, Got to get there by a boat mm-hmm. or helicopter. Starting to sound kosher. And they're experimenting on moods and mental states. Again, why? Why are these people imprisoned? Why would they agree to be experimented on? Swanky digs, yes, but they're injecting drugs into your body. Like you have to, there's a pack on your, on the small of your back producer that they send the medicine in that way. It's all tech so they can do it remotely. You know, you're in like that whole experimentation room where they observe you, they're out, you know, that whole thing, they can talk to you. Sometimes you're in there with a fellow prisoner, for what purpose? So, Chris Hemsworth plays Steve. He's the one who's running this experiment. He does have an assistant as well. And Miles plays Jeff, who is one of the main prisoners. He's been there for a while. He knows the ropes. He's been there so long and has been so cooperative that he gets to go on field trips. Blindfolded, of course. Mm. And of course, they, you know, they make you think that what you're seeing is something that it's not. Mm. And so on and so forth. Now, Journey plays Lizzie, who is a fellow research participant slash prisoner. And at this research facility slash prison, everybody has responsibilities. Like, you know, Journey and and Miles, their two characters, they are responsible for making the food. She was a chef. He helps deliver the food and helps her, you know, get it all together. What's their rapport, though? Somebody's got to clean the toilets. Keep that in mind. I didn't say that for no reason. (laughs) Okay. So everything's hunky-dory until, of course, things spiral out of control. Because what is really going on? Now, you know, any drug has effects and side effects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to give you. Okay. I would say the concept was mildly interesting to me. Uh, We start getting into drugs and experimentation and I start going, okay, you we got something going there. But I thought it was a little light in the pants. Mm -hmm. They could have gone a little further in thought and execution. I would say think of it this way. If we go into the alien franchise, the Wayland Corporation, if you stripped away the aliens and just have the Wayland Corporation, no aliens exist, just them, how interested would you be in what they would do? If you go, oh, I'd be very interested, this might be okay. And I would say, okay. If you can tolerate it as it devolves inexplicably. Like by the end, I was like, this is stupid. It's a waste of time. Look at it. That sounds very promising. I know. Hmm. I didn't make it. All right, Spider Head. Um, all right. <laughs> Even the name is like cool, you know. Like it too. Huh. Mm-hmm. 
So we got Doctor Strange in a multiverse of madness brought to us by Disney mm-hmm. Plus. Everybody's waiting for this one. American Talk superhero about experiments film. and head trips. Ah. This is for Marvel, if you don't know. Oh, um, is it? Fe- yeah, featuring Doctor Strange, if you haven't heard. Oh, wait a minute. I got to change my reviews from Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, you shouldn't even review it. Go see it. It's Marvel, right? It's Marvel. Or I should say, watch it. It was in theaters. Now, where is it, producer? Where can we stream it? We can stream it on uh, Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. Interesting. So yeah, um, we have uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Shadowola Giafor, another Benedict Wong. Amongst other other characters who are part of this um Benedict Wong from now on is Genghis Khan. That's it. Oh. From Marco Polo and Netflix, <laughs> that's him to me. Got so it. say the Genghis. The Genghis. Did you see that show? No, I did not. You I might like it. I mean, it's it? completely okay. ridiculous and uneven. Okay. Second season's better better than the first, but Got Benedict it. is great. Okay. That's Genghis Khan. And it's not Genghis, it's Genghis. Genghis. So say the Genghis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not Genghis Khan. He's like one of his descendants, I should say. Got it. Anyway, yes. back to Doctor Strange Doctor and the multiverse Strange. of did, did, did they do? Did they do it justice, critic? What's it? Now. The story. <laughs> Character, <laughs> the multiverse, the madness. <laughs> okay. So we start with two people running. One of them is is Doctor Strange, and the other is some person. You're like, who is this? Some teenager. They running from a monster. Why? And Doctor Strange has to make a decision. It's not a good one. Well, not for him. I don't really care. So they're being chased by a power sucking monster that threatens the multiverse. And what's the powers? of this team who is this person and we come to find that she is america chavez Mm. Mm. now dr strange wakes up it was a dream oh now we're back in reality and what he has to do is go to the wedding of the love of his life not to him okay and the love of his life is played by Rachel McAdams. So blah, 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 stuff happens. And then this kid appears again, America, in real, in real life. life, with the monster in tow. Mm. It ain't no a dream no more. Okay. Now this monster is some sort of oct- octopus demon. Mm-hmm. Yes, I-, I said it right, octopus demon cutesy stuff ensues but will strangest dream come true or has it already now on that count america has the answers for strange and his buddy wong who's played by benedict wong so don't get confused character's name is wong (laughs) played by benedict wong and wong is now the sorcerer supreme you know tilda swinton in the first movie was that we know what happened to her so she explains what's going on to them How can all of this be? And this leads to the need for the Scarlet Witch. Or is it Wanda? Played by Elizabeth Olsen. Because the Scarlet Witch has dealt with a multiverse problem before. 
we know. I mean, now, if you saw that show, WandaVision, this is an extension of that. I did not finish WandaVision. I will not be finishing WandaVision. Whatever. I don't care. Anybody who's going, oh, I love WandaVision. Okay, whatever. I did not have the patience to even wait for any payoff. I have seen these shows that they're they're riffing off of. I would just watch them. I can watch I Dream of Genie. I can watch Bewitched. I can watch whatever else they are spoofing or whatever they're doing with it. So it took them way too long to get to the point. I don't care. Now, with that done, we have the Scarlet Witch. But the Scarlet Witch is on a personal mission, which comes above all else. What could this personal mission be? And how does this relate to Doctor Strange and America Chavez and Wong, all of the other sorcerer apprentices and so on? Well, whatever it is, it presents a quandary for our mystical doctor. So he, America Wong, the disciples, they have to band together to fight a foe. Or is it foes they never knew they had? And they have no idea of what or who is in store for them as they traverse the multiverse. Mm. Because after all, the real threat just might be Doctor Strange himself, or rather, the Doctor Strange's themselves or no it should be doctors strange mm. just like it's you know attorneys general mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the doctors strange themselves all right first film let's go to that it was about discovering doctor strange how he got his powers all of that how he trained like stuff i love to see i love origin stories that movie had something Now in this movie, we're at the mercy of the MCU and Kevin Feige's overarching vision of what Marvel is supposed to be from top to bottom. Movies, TV shows, comics, the whole thing. You can't escape this web. It's the vision, the grand vision. It has nothing to do with these particular entities. Nothing. They don't care about this particular script. They care about all scripts. Now, what's that title again, producer? Can you read it for us? It is called Doctor Strange. Oh, oh, stop right there. What's it called again from the beginning? (laughs) Doctor Strange. Oh, what they could call it instead is Doctor Strange, mainly as the conduit for other characters. That's a better title. (laughs) Okay. Now, look, there's a scene when he has to confront himself. What does that mean? That was the right kind of idea. But they're too focused on the vision to actually honor this character, to actually focus on the task at hand here, they need to propel a bunch of MCU properties so the movie suffers as a result. That's just what happens. Now, this is visually dynamic, especially for Marvel at times, because it's directed by Sam Raimi. I mean, look at his work. Oh, it makes sense. But it was hard for me to be scared during these supposed horror-influenced sequences. It was bright colors, I just couldn't get scared. I didn't care. But on top of that, even with bright colors, you can do it. I mean, you can do it if you pair it with a palpable threat. This is something Steven Spielberg mastered in the 80s, which, according to Wikipedia, they were influenced by a lot of his films from the 80s. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Poltergeist. Okay, yeah, Steven Spielberg mastered that. But no, there is no, like, the threat is like, I don't care. I don't care. There's not enough of a pulse hidden underneath those distracting visuals. And for the actors, I was flabbergasted by the lethargy. Hmm. 
they didn't know what movie they were in. They, I don't know if they showed them what their vision was for this, but they've been in Marvel movies before. You know what it looks like. You can't like act normal. <laughs> okay. You like got to do something else. You got to do Shakespeare. You got to do com. Like you got to do something to reach the level. Mm-hmm. Even Benedict, I was kind of like, mm. liked him in the previous, not in this. Elizabeth Olsen, I didn't like her take on Scarlet Witch in this movie at all. To tall. Hmm. Not at all. They, they gave her... Now, some of these lines are terrible. Here's one of them, producers. Think about how you would do this. I'm not a monster, Stephen. I'm a mother. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, like, she says it like, I don't know, is it is it like some sort of simmering anger? I don't know what the emotion is. It didn't work. If you were given a line like that, you have to go all the way. Or just make it a comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, like do it tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a monster, Steven. I'm a mother. You know, like, I don't yeah. do something. Yeah. You know what I was thinking, producer? I was thinking... <laughs> Faye Dunaway. Oh. And not just wire hangers, Faye Dunaway. <laughs> we take it a step further to Supergirl. Look at what she did. Mm-hmm. Terrible movies. But we all remember Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. you can't really hate on that. Yeah, yeah, because it's entertaining. <laughs> That's true. Great actor in terrible, <laughs> terrible land. This is what you do. I was thinking Frank Langella in Masters of the Universe when he was Skeletor, and when I like, you've got to take it there. <laughs> terrible movie, but I love it. I love Masters <laughs> of the Universe. I'll watch it right now. It's terrible but i love it wildor and all of them come on anyway so i i i i don't know i was i was flabbergasted by this now the energy comes from the visuals and the sound that's where you get the energy and some of the visuals worked you know they had some ideas there you know i didn't hate all of it it's just no i mean if you want this kind of thing why not just watch spider-man into the spider-verse just watch that animated Mm -hmm. movie it'll give you everything you need but i will say to end on a good note producer this was about two hours long not two and a half or more thank you can all marvel movies follow suit thank you my goodness so who should watch this critic um if you like the mcu you don't need a review You'll need to hear this. You know what you're going to do. If you instead just like the first Doctor Strange, like me, I really did like Doctor Strange. Too bad. Mm. And they did change the creative team. Different writers, different director. Of course, it's Sam, Sam Raimi this time. And they went in a different direction from probably what they would have done from the previous movie because it doesn't even matter who's writing, who's directing. Kevin Feige is writing and directing. That's what we have to understand. So if you like his vision, of course, you're going to watch everything. If you don't, then, you know, again, don't base it off of the first Doctor Strange. It's no. Mm -mm. Got it. All right. So we're going to move out of this strange world of movies into our TV series premieres. The Why Watch That Talk. 
kicking that off with You Don't Know Me um, you brought don't to know us. Me. You know that song, producer? No, but when I was looking up on Wikipedia, it came up in my, uh, <laughs> it's one of the options on the list. <laughs> We're not reviewing that. We're not reviewing the song. <laughs> We're reviewing the TV series brought to us by Netflix. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in the see. states, you know, this is yeah, one of those uh, transplants, transplants yes. from you know the BBC. Yeah, would be see one in particular. Um, Ooh, whoa! Look at that! All the, all the fun facts that the interwebs will give you. Um, <clears throat> You're showing your age interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm just saying what my grandma says. Who knows? <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> well, if your grandma say interwebs, she is hip. Okay, that's what we call her hip. We got to use that word. Uh, grandma just calls it cool. the, the computer. Yeah. That's what she calls. She just thinks the computer does everything. Okay. Oh, the computer just does everything. Isn't Janelle Monae's dirty computer, though? No, it dirty is not. Dirty computer. <laughs> do, 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 do. Go ahead. Thought all the way left on this uh, intro. <laughs> it's written by Tom Edge, uh, starring Samuel Adewumi. That's close enough. All right. Um, yeah. All right, critic. What's this four-part uh, television series? The producer, by the way, just said it in her head. We all know none of these people, so just. <laughs> he, well, at least at least you did go to the lead, Samuel. Well done. Well done. Now, here's the question, producer: Who killed Jamil? No. Who killed Jamil? It's at the end of Hero's trial. The end. Hero played by Samuel. And the prosecution has him dead to rights. But he maintains his innocence and in lieu of a proper defense. He decides to explain himself to the jury without counsel. Hawaii. Now keep in mind, this is in the British criminal system. Speaking of in lieu, just as a a non sequitur, I had a teacher producer who would use that incorrectly all the time. Mm. Like it was fifth grade and, you know, you would go out, you know, when if you had time and, you know, have a bit of recess or whatever. Recess. Uh-huh. She would say when we weren't able to do that in lieu of the time element. Now, the, in lieu of doesn't mean because of, it means no. in place of. Right. right. Anyway, no. in lieu of the time element. <laughs> she tried. Yeah. She was a good teacher though. Crazy. The, the, the good ones always are crazy and she would use big words and it was wrong in lieu of the time element for fifth anyway you know, these fifth graders don't know what i'm saying i'm gonna just say some words i did i was sitting there like mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't think that's right and my brother had her uh-huh. he's older and i went uh-huh. to him he's like yeah no. <laughs> great teacher though crazy <laughs> anyway in baltimore see maybe it's because baltimore that's why that she was saying in lieu of incorrectly. Maybe that's now we got it. <laughs> a new storyline for the next wire. <laughs> the teachers in Baltimore <laughs> don't know English. That's it. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm off that. Next. So, okay, he's deciding to give his own closing argument. Now, he presented no case, so there are rules on how he can do this. Like, he can't introduce evidence in this closing argument. He can only tell a story based on the evidence that has been entered into the case for the jury. Now, his explanation of what's going on centers around how he met his book-reading girlfriend, Myra. Why is it so important to know that she reads books? She reads books. 
versus like when magazine. we get to her flat, as they say across the pond, they're flat. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of like flat better than apartment. Mm-hmm. What do you think, producer? I like flat too. I think it's cool. It's, it's like crisp. I like I like the bin better than the garbage can. Oh, interesting. Do you like knock on wood or touch wood? I actually like knock on wood better. Oh, no. See, mm-hmm. you're jingling. American showing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the little Britishisms there. So we see her flat. It's full of books. I mean, everywhere, like under the bed. Okay. All right. So it centers around him meeting her on the bus and so on. And what led to and resulted from her subsequent disappearance poof in the wind. She left the books. <laughs> she didn't take them. But how in the world is that connected to Jamil's murder? The reason why Hero stands accused. Like he was selling, he was selling cars, and you know, Jamil comes in, you know, with his tufts. What is that about? Now, the real thing is who's the me? We don't know. You don't know me. Who is it? Now, at the beginning, and it's only like four episodes here, I kind of like the love story producer between Hero and Kira. It anchors both the case overall. I didn't tell you how. It also anchors Hero's final and only statement to the jury. I think that Samuel and Sophie Wilde, who plays Kira, they had a surprising tenderness and an effortless chemistry to them. I was just kind of like, not that it was great stuff. I just kind of like their flow. Mm. I like their vibe. Mm. But early on, the show relies way too much on Hero's testimony and narration. And it exposes some of the weaknesses in the writing. It's stronger when we just get to see it with less talking. Because mm-hmm. the lines sound like lines a lot of times. And after a while, you're like, okay. Now, Samuel, how they wound me? He does about as good as you can delivering them. He's got a lot to remember. <laughs> okay, as an actor, I'm like, he was like, okay, let me see if I can remember all of this. And then, though, as we progress, even the flashback sequences started to lose their power after the separation occurs between Hero and Kira. She goes missing. Where is she? Does he find her? That kind of thing. I just wasn't interested enough to keep going. I wasn't buying all of Hero's choices. His mother and sister get involved. The sister's like, oh, find her. What is wrong with you? I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. He ain't married to her. Mm-hmm. Why is he going to look for this woman? Hmm. And you'll see where she is. Ain't no way. Where is Aretha Franklin? Okay. Ain't no way for me to ain't love no you. Ain't no way for me to love you. If you don't let me. If you in the streets of London getting in the cars... Ain't no way. <laughs> okay. I mean, you making these decisions, maybe you want to be on trial. <laughs> so regardless of all of that, it starts to drag fine, whatever. I wouldn't call it bad. It's fine and all. Tom Edge, as you mentioned, you know, he does have some skill. He co-wrote an episode of The Crown. Maybe he learned something there. He also created and wrote all of the episodes for Peacock's Vigil, which... I wouldn't say it's flawless. It does have flaws, but I did enjoy it. And he also wrote producer Judy, which won Renee Zellweger the Oscar playing, mm-hmm. you know, Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Judy Garland, for those who mm-hmm. going, who is Judy Garland? Now, Tom is good, but he ain't that good. Should you watch? That's what the producer is like. Let's get to it. Well, how does this sound, producer? You have a British courtroom drama 
and the onus is on one character to talk a lot. And it has flashbacks set in the same area of London as Top Boy. Are you interested? Your reaction, I would say to episode one, will be enough for you to know whether you should continue or not. You don't know me. Right. And if, if it's not for you, you can always listen to that song that the critic is... Uh... It's shorter. <laughs> All right, next up on the list is The Old Man. Um, mm. The Old Man is brought to us um, from FX, but you can see it streaming on Hulu. It is an yeah. American thriller um, television series based off of a 2017 novel by the same name written by Thomas Perry. Um, and it stars Jeff Bridges, John Lithgow, E.J. Bolnila, um, Bill Heck, Liam Lubbany, and a bunch of other people. And before mm-hmm. you start, I have a very funny John I Lithgow know where you're story. going. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Tell them about John Lithgow. So, as I referenced earlier this episode, I only know people by their by the characters that they play. <laughs> and outside of Bird Notice, what's the other show? Go ahead. Dexter. <laughs> so Dexter, oh my goodness. I am. Did you watch that new Dexter yet? Yes, but not, okay. I'm, I'm like a couple episodes behind, but yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of it. Behind, it's over. Well, like, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, like, I don't know, I've watched like four of the episodes. <laughs> Go ahead, tell them about the Trinity Killer. Yeah, so I am literally in the grocery store in New York and um, walking, like, just going to get some groceries. And I look up and I see John Lithgow, but I don't know his name. I know him as the Trinity Killer. And I like, <laughs> and I look up and I go, Trinity. And he looks at me and he starts laughing. But like, <laughs> like this guy has this huge, you know, career for all these things. And, and that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was my, my, uh, <laughs> John Lithgow moment in the grocery store. Well, as they say in the South, bless his heart for letting you do that and bless your heart as well. <laughs> All right, now, what's the old man about Critic? Who's watching this? Well, the title tells you, right? Who's the old man? Jeff Bridges. Um, And he's playing a man called Dan Chase. Is that his name? He's living with his two dogs. And he's having some problems. His wife is gone, or is she? He's having visions of the woman in the bathroom with the water running. What is that about? And he also has a daughter whom he communicates uh, with via phone. We don't see her. We hear her voice in voiceovers and to him as well in certain moments. He goes to the doctor. Maybe he needs psychological attention. What does the doctor say? Who is the doctor? And one night, there's an intruder. Does he anticipate this intruder? Who is the intruder? Who is this old man? man? What was he doing when he was a young man? Well, this pulls in the CIA, the FBI, and others, probably. He's got to get on the run. Dogs in tow. And a certain person pops up from his past played by the trinity killer so also known as john lithgow also know. yes yes and his name is harold harper he's a, a big wig in the fbi now he wasn't above all 
He is the FBI Assistant Director for Counterintelligence. He was in the CIA. So he knows Dan. And what does he say to Dan when he gets him on the phone? What's the exchange? They are coming after Dan. Does Dan get away? Does he get captured? Why does he need to get captured? Who's after him? Do they want him dead? Do they want him alive? What about the dogs? Now, as he is escaping, and you'll see what that is. I'm not giving it away. You might jump out of your seat when you see some of this stuff. He decides to go like to an Airbnb. You know, he needs to be off the grid. He needs to regroup, you know, that whole kind of thing. And he encounters a character played by Amy Brenneman. Zoe McDonald is the character's name. This woman seems to be a bit troubled. She's just gone through a divorce. She has a son in college. There's some issues there. How does she receive Dan and the dogs? And what's going to come of this? Are they just two ships passing in the night? Now, we know that this is about to be a you-know-what storm. Where is this going to end? Can you really escape the government, the United States government, to be exact? All of the alphabet agencies? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's enough. That's enough. Now, from the beginning, this show is telling us Watch out with your expectations. What you think you're seeing, what you think you're hearing may not be what you actually are seeing and hearing. Watch it. And they will remind you of that. Because <laughs> you'll go, oh, that happened. Well, did it? Mm-hmm. And what I want to thank them for, and I've seen the first two episodes so far, is they do obey their characters and story. What a novel idea. These people say what they actually would say sometimes. And it's in unexpected ways at times. Because what's going on with John's character, Harold, he is essentially out of the office. He's called in for this particular operation. Why? A tragedy happened. He has his grandson, he and his wife, in their care. They're grieving. Where does he grieve? Not in front of the kid. He goes to the bathroom alone. The wife comes in. She's like, you know... Essentially, why don't you, you know, go to the kid, do all of this, you know, in front of him. He's like, he don't need this. All kinds of people are crying in front of him. He needs one person who's not doing exactly Mm -hmm. a grown man. An old man. Hmm. Thank you. Also, when you're watching it, you go, okay, here we go again. Are we getting an agenda? But they like kind of twist it. Like certain people hold themselves accountable in this show. Hmm. And again, it's expectations. You go, oh, we're going here. Are we going there? Like, what is it? Can we trust what you're saying? I don't know. Some of the people I've only heard of or heard their voice, are they exactly who you're saying they are? I don't know. I don't know. And neither do you. We don't know. So why would you watch this? If you like the lone man genre, which I love, Mm -hmm. then this is your kind of thing. Even if you like Justified, Mr. In-Between, but it, no humor. Okay, dark or otherwise. No, no, no. This is a thriller, straightforward. It's like if you take old, if you take John Wick, producer, and make him old. Make him an old man. Mm-hmm. Put him in a Western thriller. Mm-hmm. Now, what I would say is there will be moments when you have to have patience. B 
be patient. There is a moment in episode two <laughs> when my brother and I had to pause and go, well, hold on. <laughs> like, and did we just see that? And then what did you just see? That's always the question. Mm. So there you go, uh, uh, old man. So far, I'm I'm enjoying it. I really am. I just hope they don't mess it up. Okay. We'll see. All right. So now we're going to slide into our TV season finale. I mean, you can't miss with this cast, by the way. I mean, the cast is pretty solid. Boy. Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't talk about all of them. Yeah. Because we didn't talk about who's coming for the old man and mm. so on. Okay, I, I'm going to be quiet. Go ahead, producer. <laughs> TV season finale of... um. I love that for you. Mm-hmm. This is a Showtime, Showtime property, American comedy, um, produced by Vanessa Breyer, Bayer. Um, who's in this? Who's in this? Oh, she's in it too. She is as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Molly Shannon, Paul James, Jennifer Lewis. Oh yeah, this is that that show. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So <laughs> I'll sip and go on, Curtis. If you didn't say Jennifer, she's going to say you are on <laughs> my list. Now, if you don't know a different world, I can't help you. Now, I reviewed this early at the beginning of its run. It's finished. All eight episodes done. Easy watch. Half an hour episode. Producer, you could watch this. You'd be perfectly fine. This is where Vanessa plays Joanna Gold. Joanna, as a kid, uh, unfortunately had cancer when she was in the hospital. She was watching like an HSN type network. This is actually a rival of HSNs in the show. And this uh, network is run by Jennifer Lewis's character, Patricia. The name of the network is SVN, which does stand for something. You watch the show, you'll know what it stands for. She grows up. She wants to be on the network. She wants to be a presenter. And her idol is played by Molly Shannon, Jackie Stilton. Okay, her followers are the jackalobes. Mm. Like, this is hilarious. Like, you're watching, you know, <laughs> you're watching a, a shopping network and you, you, you have your favorite, you know, you buy whatever they want. Like, okay, I know people live like this. That's great. Good for you. So you have a peek into that world. So she actually gets her chance. And, you know, of course, we have all of these people who present on the network who are, you know, fighting for the attentions of Patricia, for screen time, for the best dressing room, that whole kind of thing. So she's coming into this milieu and they look at her and go, "Uh uh-uh. And Patricia sees her and goes, no, after she has her tryout. So what she decides is, instead of getting fired, I have cancer again, it's back. Lie. (laughs) Now, because of this, of course, she doesn't get fired. And this snowballs out of control. Imagine what you would do, producer, if you had a network and one of your talent had cancer again. How Mm. would you use it? You would use it. Oh, what a tangled web. You would use it. Mm. Now, Jackie becomes her mentor. They become friends. There's something going on with Jackie as well. She's going through things. What is it? Jackie and Patricia are friends, but Patricia's the boss. What's that going to come? What's going to come of that, I should say? Patricia also is going through some things. What? Is she the nicest boss in the world? She's played by Jennifer Lewis. Hmm. And there are other people. There is her assistant. You know, he wants to go to, you know, Martha's Vineyard or wherever. The Hamptons. I don't know where he's going. You know, he wants to climb the ladder of success outside of her. Is she going to allow it? We have, you know, we have the guy who's the cooking expert and everybody's like, you know, what's he about? 
Hmm. In the bedroom, you'll find out. The assistant of Patricia, his friend, she's one of the talent that's trying to come up and she looks at Joanna's like she's getting in my way. Is she going to dig into Joanna's past? We have Joanna's parents who know the scheme and are not that enthused, especially her father. How is he roped into this? And in the end of the season, what happens? Do they find out? Mm. Either way, what's going to happen in season two if they have it? I'll tell you this. At the end, Joanna receives a call. From whom? Hmm. Now, the reason to watch this, the number one reason, is Jennifer Lewis. She is like an angry Lady Eloise. Marcus, darling. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry, I make myself laugh. (laughs) Angry Lady Eloise. So this show is really what it should be when Jennifer's on the screen. Um, And you'll see what it means to be angry Eloise. Okay, I'm not going to give that away. Then after that, I would say Molly Shannon would be the second reason to watch. She does a great job of playing this character that has maybe more depth than you would expect from the beginning. Then the rest of the cast, and they're not bad, including Vanessa. I just think the Joanna character, outside of lying about cancer, isn't enough to be the central character to me when we have Jackie and Patricia. They're better um, character-wise. Like, Joanna reacts a lot, and, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, and look, you know, that kind of person doesn't know where she is. That kind of thing. Doesn't know what to say, doesn't know what to do. Fine. Um, I didn't dislike it, it's just there were better parts of the show to me. I also think that the show does a good job when it satirizes TV shopping networks. Mm-hmm. Mostly, it's just silly fun. That's what it is, mostly. Mm-hmm. So, have at it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds like something I'd watch. You, this is perfect for you. You don't have to pay attention to it. You know, <laughs> perfect. Cool. And I could probably there watch are a lot again. of people that do that. Like, this is why, I, like I said, producer, when we did uh, the Lincoln Lawyer, which is on Netflix, I said, I said, watch what the critics are going to say. I don't think they're going to like it, but people are going to watch it because it's easy to watch. You can just put it on. You don't have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. You can kind of pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's all you need. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, Look, I ain't hating. I tell y'all why watch it. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. As long as they're not trying to say, oh, look at what we have in the cast. Look at what story we're telling outside of the actual story. Mm-hmm. Trying to pawn that off as a reason to watch. I'm fine. Great. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Now we got some sneak peeks coming. Um, things that we haven't quite seen just yet in the streets. Oh, why watch that sneak peek? And we have <laughs> money. But well, when this releases this episode, it'll these uh, oh, will these be will be available. Out. That's right. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. true. Um, because Friday, uh, June twenty fourth is when both of the sneak peeks are going to be available. But the first one we have is Money Heist Korea, um, Joint Economic Area. It mm-hmm. is a remake of Netflix's Spanish hit Money Heist. Mm-hmm. Um, La Casa de Papel in ah. Spanish. Yeah. Which doesn't mean money heist. Don't worry, y'all. Don't mean that in Spanish. God. It's I like just, the paper house, the house of paper. The house of paper. Now, this yeah, is so, pe- you know, like, yeah. yeah, money. Yeah. People, uh, now, is this the, this is the money heist that was really popular at the top of this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. 
Yep. So that's 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 this. I mean, I I I don't know any of these people. No, you most don't. people don't know any of these people. So credit, just jump no. right into um into this. Yeah. So we're back to Money Heist, but now it's in Korea. Mm-hmm. It's still on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they still have the red jumpsuits on and masks. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, like a central bank. It's the mint. Mm-hmm. So let's just do a thought experiment, mm-hmm. all of us together. Okay. Think about you can access Money Heist, the original, La Casa de Papel, and then you hear they're doing a Korean version of it on the same platform. They would be presumably in this thought experiment side by side what would you expect for this version to do producer what would you expect from the show if it's going to be on the exact same platform available to you along with original money heist yeah i I would expect some type of different take on it Mm -hmm. um person i mean we know it's a different location so that means in a different location the the environment's different the you know the culture is different um that's what i would expect to see more of the cultural elements kind of pulled in and then some some type of different perspective i wouldn't expect it to be the exact same thing in another mm-hmm. language yeah now it's a remake why I, i'm very confused it's not like we didn't have access to Money Heist, right? They remade it where you live. Let's say you are Korean. You weren't able to see Money Heist, the the one in Spanish. They do the Korean version. Makes sense. We do that all the time. It's on the same platform. And, well, maybe it's this. I could put it this way. Maybe you understand Korean, so you don't have to read subtitles this time yeah this don't make any sense okay with that said we have a central character who starts this and she is a fan of k-pop you know she's like dancing around in public embarrassing herself and what happens is huge news breaks there is going to be a joint economic area between north and south korea huh so you know what's going to happen mm-hmm. people are going to flood mm-hmm. to get into this area there is money to be made mm-hmm. and she's one of them you know she's living at home her mom's kind of stern she gets out and she's promised you know like great digs all of this stuff when she gets to the J-E-E I'll call it because I'm not saying that over and over again we see her you know go on the train to the J-E-E and all of that and this it leads to the future this takes us to 2025 Now, when she gets there, what does she find? Let me just say to all of you, if you are going to a new area you don't know, based on what somebody told you like online, have a backup plan. At least be able to go back where you came from. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because if you get trapped, what are you going to have to do? Rob a bank. Or other things. And for me, as a viewer, I go, oh, well, I can't help you. I'm sorry. I, I didn't want that to happen to you, but like, I'm not going to have much sympathy because you're an idiot. I don't have time for idiots. Like you it's need me. to 
you know, well, uh, I can't just be curious. No, um. you can. Yes, you can be a curious <laughs> idiot. Curiosity killed the cat. Isn't that what it said? Oh I think that's the saying. That is the saying. What What am I supposed to do for you? Mm. See, a lot a lot of people want everyone else to help them when they do stupid stuff. I'm not here. To, I'm not your insurance policy. You're not even insurable. No insurance company would give you insurance. You're stupid. <laughs> now, what you could do is write in a reason why you get stuck. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to mama in the stern, stern house before I do some of that stuff. I'm sorry. I'm getting out. Now, maybe you can't get out. Maybe, you know, you have people you owe. I'm still getting out. Anyway, so she goes, she gets stuck, you know. There's something that happens that's criminal, criminally uh, aligned. I won't give that away. And this is why she comes to the attention of the professor. Isn't this the same kind of thing from the original Money Heist? Mm. The professor recruits her to this team of people. They're going to do the biggest heist in history, going into the newly created Mint in the JEE. Now, the Mint is where they print money. Yep. As we know from La Casa de Papel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have the red jumpsuits, as you said, producer. They have the masks. They each have different personalities and different responsibilities. The professor is watching. The professor wears glasses. The professor meets a person in episode one that is on the you know whole team to try to stop this heist. There's a school children in the mint. One mm-hmm. of them is the daughter of a politician. Which show am I talking about? Both. <laughs> I'm so lost, but okay. <laughs> like the the changes you're like you're saying, producer, you're in Korea. They have this JEE concept. What's it going to be to join these two countries? Because presumably they would become one Korea if this works. Mm-hmm. So reversing all of this terrible history that they've had and mm-hmm. they continue to have right now. Right. And what they also pull in is this conversation. And I haven't watched enough of the original. Know if they get to that, because the original I started watching just to say and I enjoyed it kind of from the beginning. I was like, okay, this is kind of entertaining. Then the idea, I was just over it. It Mm -hmm. dragged out. I was like, I don't care. Yeah, I didn't like this either. Yeah, this idea doesn't require this. Just get to how you're going to get all this money. Like this is a movie. Yes, heist movies, heist yes. TV shows don't work. I agree. I just want to see Unless it. Unless it out. snowballs into something we didn't know it was going to mm, be. Mm, it mm. can't be we are in this bank for five seasons. No. I don't know no. what they do in the show, but like even five episodes was too much. That's just me. Um, so in this show, they do this whole thing about uh, you know, communism versus capitalism. Those ideas were stale to me, too. Like, I've heard these ideas before, and then some of them are just wrong-headed. So I was just like, okay, whatever. I just don't have time for some of this stuff. We can criticize all kinds of monetary systems, like, really. Like, if you want to be a communist, okay, but come on now. Like, if you want to criticize capitalism, that is fine. I'm not going to tell you where I stand, but... (laughs) He better start thinking about history for all of this stuff and not be so sure of what you're talking about. Anyway, um, it's just not like they they there's something in their producer based on what I said where they could distinguish it based on the first episode. I just couldn't continue because it was too familiar. 
I just, I can't give you enough rope to keep going through mm. the same story in Korea in 2025. I just, I mean, now look, if you don't mind that it doesn't distinguish itself immediately, uh, other than superficial things, if you just want to go through this story again and, you know, I mean, if you don't know Korean, you're reading subtitles again, unless you knew Spanish. I don't know. Like, that's up to you to determine. It still has that gloss look. Like, they put money into it. Like, all of that is there. Um, I just don't know why it's here. Hmm. Mm. All right. Well, next TV sneak peek we have is uh, Chloe, brought to us by Prime Video. Um, Another one from the BBC One. Um, Yeah. It is a six-part psychological thriller. Yeah. We have uh Erin Dow- Dowdy, Dowdry, Doherty. Doherty. Um mm-hmm. Billy Howe, Pippa Bennett War- Warner. Mm-hmm. Um Jack Farthing. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now, just to orient who some of these people are, Aaron Doherty played Princess Anne in The Crown in seasons 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. So that's Aaron. Um, Billy Howell was in that serpent show on Netflix that people didn't really like. Um, that and I didn't mind it. He was in that. Pippa was in Harlots, hmm. which is still on Hulu, and, and what an experience that was. <laughs> <laughs> when that woman came out of the shallows and said, Mine! I mean, okay. And Jack Farthing <laughs> was in Poldark. Yes, he was. He's sniveling in pole dark. So when you see him, you go, wait a minute. Now, Aaron plays Becky Green. Or is it Becky? Because as we watch, she starts going by the name Sasha. Why the name Sasha? And Becky is living with her mom, who is dealing with dementia. So we know this is a difficult thing for Becky. And Becky has just gotten a, has just gotten a temp job as an assistant to some guy, you know, who may as well not even be in the show. Because it's not about that. She's obsessed with a particular person, Chloe. All right, so the title of the show is about her obsession. And Chloe is is played by Poppy Gilbert. I love these British names, I really do. Why is she so obsessed with this woman? Now, this woman is married to a young counselor. Now, counselor is like what we would call a council person, a council member in the States. So he's a politician. They're on the come up. But Becky's got her eyes on Chloe. And they have this whole circle of friends. And a lot of the other actors we mentioned are playing those different friends. Now, what happens is Chloe winds up dead under what circumstances. And this really bothers Becky because Chloe calls somebody before the death. Of course, this always happens in these shows. You know, the last call, who is it to? And the cops want to get to this person. Who does Chloe call? Can we trust what we're seeing? Now, Becky has got to get to the bottom of this. Why? So she finds a way to slink in to this circle of friends who are grieving. 
what what happens to mama? Mom has a, a you know a carer who comes in for an hour a day, and this you know this woman's looking at Becky and going, uh, "You need to be here." Your mother is like on the streets, not knowing where she is. Mm-hmm. Becky's like, "Okay, well, I got this to do though." <laughs> okay, Becky. <laughs> so, how again does she get to this group of friends? How do they receive her? There's someone not in the group whom she meets who's adjacent and she uses him to get to the group how does he relate to her what does he think about her because to them she's Sasha and not Sasha Fierce like not Becky with the good hair very good look at that what a team we make <laughs> let's not say anything else I don't have time for them, for them people coming for me so as she worms her way into them more and more, you know what the danger is? Somebody's going to find out that she ain't who she says she is. Who is she actually, though? Who is Becky? Who's Chloe? Because Chloe's husband, the counselor, what's he going to think? Chloe's best friend, played by Pippa, Livia. She's a PR person. What does that mean to Becky? How do they link? Mm-hmm. We have some brooding dude of the group, of course, long hair and all. What What's he so upset about? He's more upset than everybody else. So why? Played by Jack, sniveling. He's not sniveling in this show, though. We have the other friend who helps the counselor, like his, you know, like his chief of staff. What's he up to? He got a new girlfriend. They all at this dinner. And how is that received? Now, I'm not going to tell you where this leads, but the entire time, you're going to be saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing? Stop. 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 Mm. That's the show. So if you want to have that experience of six episodes of going, Get out. Stop. Why are you doing that? You're going further. Get out. That's the show. Now, let's put it this way to help you understand. Let's say we take Inventing Anna, but you turn it inside out. You make it a thriller. Mm-hmm. This is That's a better way to go. There's a danger to it. It's intriguing. Because you're watching this desperate person who, you know, the whole social media thing pulled in, but there's more to the story. So drips and drabs, you figure out why she's doing what she's doing, who these people really are. Drips and drabs, drips and drabs all through the six episodes. Is it a murder? Is it not? Like, you know, you have to just keep watching. Think about it this way. You take Inventing Anna, producer. It has a, a baby with you. But you take out all the murder stuff from you and the voiceover. Mm -hmm. that's kind of like this Mm -hmm. but I will say if one more person says you okay as a lie you okay like (laughs) early on like the first half literally it happened more than once in an episode you okay how are you every time they meet hey how are you you okay oh my gosh driving me crazy I mean I was like I'm going to (laughs) I mean where's Veruca Salt (sighs) Regardless, that is a minor gripe. 
This is an uncomfortably sophisticated watch. Binging, though, I don't know that it's a binge. It's a lot of mood for prolonged watching. Now, is this the greatest show ever? No, it's successful in what it wants to do. And the acting, they know what they're doing. Aaron, perfect in the lead. Never once did I say, okay, she's out of it. She was always going after something, always. We didn't know always what she was going after, but always, always. So I, I appreciated the focus from all of them. It's a mood. And you just have to be ready to go, oh my gosh, no, no, no. And keep watching. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, guys. So there you have it. Some movies, some TV shows, something for everybody. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.